Welcome to the DL Gaming Podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm Nick. I'm Amanda. Burnt out, man. Fucking the beach takes it out of you, dude. Especially if you're not used to fucking going all the time. It's uh, the sun. The sun it's is the sun. enemy. It's the sun. It drains your... We're reverse Superman over here, dude. Like the drain... The sun drains your power sometimes. I know a lot... I think maybe it's different for different races. I know white people love to bask in the sun. But... uh <laughs> <laughs> like, they feel like I feel like they're, they're the worst people or... to be in the sun. <laughs> I know, I know but like, dude. I like say, Jimmy Buffett just died because of the sun, dude. But like, I, while I'm out there, I'm like, I work in the fucking sun. Like, I get enough sun during the week. I don't need to be out here on a Saturday, you know. So uh, I came home. I fucking passed out. I, I woke, just woke up. I had a drink, and now I'm here. Surprise, motherfuckers. Nice. That is a typical day in the Amelia household. <laughs> right. Imagine, imagine your life with no planning and no schedule. That's how I run my life. That's... You ask Amelia, kind of what are you doing? Like San Diego, yeah. <laughs> if you, it's the worst being his family member because he's like, "Hey man, what are you doing for Christmas?" Like, I don't know. Yeah, well. And it's like the week before, you're like, ah, "I'm going over to my mom's house," and then like the actual day before Christmas, he's like, "No, nah, I'm not at my mom's house." I'm like, "God damn it, I'm gonna kill you." It's the worst. He never, it's never consistent, man. You just gotta roll with it. You gotta roll yeah. with it. Hey, you you guys are ants, and I'm a grasshopper, man. It's just I gotta fly through or something. I don't know. All right, um, this is a PC gaming. Bobby, say something. <laughs> uh, yeah, so obviously Sniper is not going to be here today. It is his birthday, and uh, wah, 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 wah. yep. And uh, his wife has a surprise weekend planned for him. So hopefully we hear from him again. Um, but wouldn't be surprised if we don't. Uh, let's kick it off with On the Radar, games that have come to our attention. Um, I'd like to start, I know we like to go in order here of what we have written, but I would like to start it off with the Microsoft leaks that Nick has listed here, because <laughs> oh, I feel like this shit. is the big story that we didn't mm. talk about last week. I mean, it happened on Monday. Okay, so it didn't happen before the last episode. No, 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 no. These, these happened on Monday. The leaks before were the, I mean, the, not really leaks, but the news before was, was the... Uh, the PlayStation um, event? The PlayStation event, as well as the um, the, it's a it's an engine, and they're like charging everybody a premium for every the Unity that's, engine. The yeah. Unity, Unity engine, yeah, yeah, yeah the Unity mm-hmm. engine bullshit that everybody's talking about. But the Microsoft leaks happened, I believe, on Monday, and boy howdy, did a lot of things get leaked to include from their next console to the games that they're releasing, and to when the next Elder Scrolls game is going to be released. Hey Nick, do you have any? Um... Do you have an idea of how all this was? It a whistleblower, or was it just a, somebody hacked them, or what? Apparently, it's a mixture of they leak some of it themselves after being hacked and being blackmailed all at the same time. Um, like inside inside sources said that they were compromised, so they released some information to like appease people that were blackmailing them, uh, and that they were going to be sued for acquiring a company. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's and, like and one like, of those things where like. Give us money or we're going to tell everybody. And they're like, we'll just tell everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Um, no one really knows the concrete details, but the the hypothesis that is like a lot of people are saying, because they've re- like Microsoft has released a bunch of like official statements to include like their CEO. But like people are people think that somebody found information regarding their acquisition of a company that that information could lead to them being sued and the stoppage of them buying that company. So 
they decided to release the information that they that got leaked uh, instead of saying, hey, we got data breached and we're being held at ransom. That's some cowboy shit, dude. I, uh, I applaud their uh, what they did, you know? Well, it's like a, the release your nudes thing, right? If someone yeah, breaks yeah, into yeah. your nudes and like you're like, all right, everyone's seen my nudes. Yeah. But um, let's talk about what got leaked. All right? Yeah. Um, this this yeah. is the the core six, I think. Uh, I mean, let's core check out seven the nudes. Let's check out. Let's check out the nudes. Huh? We we did nothing to earn to see their naked body, but here we are. Um. So there is a Fallout Three remaster um, being announced or possibly released in 2024. So the thing is, it doesn't say whether or not they're being released or being announced. It just says fiscal year fiscal year 2024. Gotcha. Um. And well, I would imagine I would imagine fiscal year means you're going to make money off of it that year. I would say release in 2024. That's my uh, just because of fiscal. And the, and the only thing I can imagine what they're doing with Fallout 3 Remaster is they're probably going to be using the Starfield engine if they are. I can see I that. I hope. Yeah, man. Um, um, there, there's yeah. not too much background information on these things. So the, what got leaked is essentially like a schedule. Yeah. Um, it's just like a, a dreams and wishes that was written on a memo at a meeting. Yeah. Is, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Is, is that what was leaked? One one person just slid it, wrote it down, and slid it to another person. They're like, hey, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to ask. Yeah, you know, the new the new Elder Scrolls is coming out in 2026, right? Right, yeah, Elder Scrolls 2026. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, we have Doom Year Zero, which is a DLC for Doom. Um, which you know n- that's an interesting title. No one really knows what that means. Um, people are guessing it might be like a medieval kind of thing or like a very melee focused doom. Mm. Um, Cause when they talk about year zero in doom, it's like when doom guy was first incarnated and then there was like knights and shit. Um, an oblivion remaster, which would be cool beans. My only uh, gripe with that would be if they included all the DLC in that remaster, that would be dope. Well, um, uh, if oh, that sucks, for, like if they come out with this, and then that would just shit all over what six years of Sky Oblivion. Sky Oblivion, you know. But that's why they're doing it. It's the same reason. It's the same exact reason why Konami is coming out with the remake of Metal Gear Solid Three, and they're going to be remaking Metal Gear Solid One and Metal Gear Solid Two, is because someone someone fully remade Metal Gear Solid One in Unreal Engine Five, and it was apparently like perfect, and they were they had to send a cease and desist to them. And it, uh, they were like, "Yeah, we can't, we can't lose that much money on it." So now Bethesda's like, "Well, we got to remake fucking Oblivion because they're making Sky Oblivion, and it's gonna make money that we can make." That reminds me of the whole Fox and um, Disney, well, Marvel deal. You know, remember um, for a long time Fox had to keep making Spider-Man, and he they had to keep doing Aliens uh, every like whatever. Uh, like three years in order to keep the IP rights going. And so that's why we got a bunch of shit fucking movies because they just had to pump them out. Otherwise, they lose their IP. That was part yeah, of like, the contract. The budgets were like $40 million, shit like that. Like, they were super low. Yeah, garbage, garbage fucking. Some of the bet, my favorite IPs just fucking, you know. Throw to the wayside. Yeah. Um, stop me if any of you guys want to bring any of these up or have to say anything about them or dreams or aspirations. Um, Ooh, dream <laughs> well, when's the when's the newest Elder Scroll or when's the latest Elder Scrolls coming out? When's the next? Twenty twenty six. Okay. 
2026 is when Elder Scrolls 7 is. Is it Elder Scrolls 7 or 6? I thought it was 6. 6. Elder Scrolls 6 is supposed to come out. Um, Which is apparently supposed to be releasing alongside the next um, .5 console they'll be releasing. So they're going to be releasing a new Xbox, which is not going to be the next generation, but it's going to be the fully digital, half-streaming, half-hardware-based uh, Xbox, where essentially you're going to be downloading the game. Part of the processing will be coming from a streaming device, and part of it will be coming from the actual device itself. Um, oh, by 2028, like exactly. By 2028, they want a complete uh, streaming service um, console to be created and to be sold, and that's going to be their next model of Xbox, the next uh, generation of, of consoles. And people have a sour taste in their mouth already for about that already. There's been yeah, a lot th- of talk. Yeah, I don't talk. like that. They're like, you're telling me we can't buy games anymore. We can't buy physical games anymore. We can't even download digital games anymore. We have to stream games. Like it's people are already up in arms about it. So, well, the other the the flip side of that coin is everything is streaming, right? So, Game Pass basically is what they're pushing. Like, yeah, everyone on Earth on Game Pass. Um, so if they make that as pretty as possible. I mean, yeah, but they're also like Microsoft hasn't invented a fucking solid, simple like own thing in so long. They bought fucking Gears of War. They bought Halo. Like all those things were bought. And they never made them on their own. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, oddly enough, is getting a sequel, uh, even though it did not do well uh, commercially uh, in 2024. I put that in there because I just thought it was weird. Um, we already talked about the new console, and lastly, the. Uh, Weirdest thing on the list. Oh, trying to buy Nintendo or Valve. Nintendo and and Valve purchases when the time would be correct is what the verbiage was, or when the when the available time would be or the opportune time would be there. Um, of course, dude. If you're the big fish, you are you're always looking for the right time to strike. Of course, yeah. You want to acquire these things. These are huge, huge competitors to you. So. Do you want to hear a funny story about Nintendo and Microsoft? And this is like gaming history that not many people know because Microsoft tried to keep this hush-hush for a long time. Did one give the other one herpes? No. Kind of. <laughs> Maybe. Depends on what you call herpes. Uh, so about 20 years ago, Microsoft um, was like, hey, Nintendo, we have a very important meeting we want to have in Japan, in your headquarters. We would like to meet with you. Uh, we're going to send a bunch of our executives Um Please show up. Um, you know, please send your executives as well. This is a very important meeting. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. They do all the normal uh, customary Japanese greetings for, you know, businesses and things like that. A, a big hubbub, all kinds of show and things like that for these executives that are arriving there. Um, it's like a three-day thing or something like that. Eating sushi and, off of naked people. I've seen the videos. Yeah, you get it, right? Yeah. Um, Just a Tuesday. <laughs> So eventually they're like, what the Tokyo fuck is going Tuesday. on? Tokyo Tuesday. Tokyo Tuesday. Tokyo Tuesday. So eventually they're like, why are you guys here? And they're like, we would like to purchase your company. Essentially for twice as what your company is valued. And the Nintendo executives laughed at them for an hour straight. You can't laugh for an hour straight, but I get it. They it was it wasn't even close. Yeah, they like belittled them, and it wasn't the fact that they oh yeah you guys can pay twice what we're worth or whatever you want to pay. They were like, 
how dare you insult our honor on wanting to buy our company? Like, it's not a matter of money, you Western, like, fucking dogs. Like, get the fuck out of here, you pieces of shit. Um, and I, I, I encourage they that. said that exactly. Coming yeah. I from, hope from Nick, did. guys, that is the truth. I fucking yeah. hope they did. Where is Christian verbatim? I fucking hope they did. I, I hope Microsoft never buys Valve, and I hope they never buy fucking Nintendo. Literally, um, their a lot of their culture is based on not offending people, and that sound, doesn't sound like them at all. It was but, twenty years ago. <laughs> all all right, now, they, were, um, they were nicer then, dude. I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but um, um but a, yeah, I, no, I do know that it's a three hundred year old company. It's a hundred and forty year old company. They made playing cards. All right, I heard they made toasters. But yeah, yeah. Not that they. It's 134 years. 134. Wow. September 23rd, 1889 is when they're. That's almost. Wow. To the day. Day. To the. Wow. Talk about accuracy. What they start off building, Bobby? Is there? Why you're looking at that? Um, playing produce handmade Hanafuda playing cards in the midnight. Yeah. Nailed it. You know, about these leaks, so I did read the tweets that that Phil Spencer put out afterwards, and he did mention that these documents, some of them were a year old, some of them were several years old, and he said, I think his exact words, his plans have evolved or changed, so... Uh, you know, we don't know how accurate all this stuff is. I mean, in the business world, things change so often, plans change. Uh, I, I who knows what specific information he's talking about, too. Um, but these you, these look like speculative notes. You know, yeah. It's not like if you if you strategic. saw budgetary, yeah, if you saw like budgetary numbers right, like tied yeah. to these things yeah, and yeah, like yeah. you know actual workplace like and headcount numbers on these things, and yeah, you would be like, oh, these are super defined for sure things that are happening. But yeah. I would probably take these with like a thirty percent accuracy of like probably going to happen to not happen. Yeah, but still, thanks for the gossip report, Nick. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite shit, so... I'm standing out here in the gossip, <laughs> getting pummeled by lies in the seat. Yeah. All right. But, well, uh, in other news... Let's hear, let's, yeah, let's hear the, the I'll, I'll handle more shitstorm of Payday. <laughs> yeah, Payday 3. Uh, released Ooh. on September 21st to mostly negative reviews. People are not happy about this game. Bum, bum, so, I mean, I've... Uh, I've held off on buying it. I will probably get it at some point when I have the time to put into it. I mean, whatever. I, I kind of got the feeling people weren't going to be happy with, with the game. You know, the the first payday, I think, started out pretty well. The second payday, I, I felt like had kind of a bad reception, too, and eventually grew into the game it was and then grew out of it and then kind of grew back into it a little bit. It had a weird history. But payday three, people are not happy with it, mostly uh, because of a few technical issues and also the game being always online. So there's very long queues to get into a game. Sometimes you wait around for a very long time to get into a game and then there's nobody even in that game. Um, Even if you solo queue, uh, you have to queue up and wait, which is odd. Um, You can get lag in solo games. Um, So it's just, it's the typical complaints that come along with uh, with an always online game. 
Um, but the things that, that stuff, I'll be honest, I don't care about too much. They'll work that stuff out. I mean, launches are always super sloppy these days. But uh, what does concern me a little bit is the way that they dole out XP. So in the past, with the other payday games, um, you do a mission, depending on how you complete that mission, if it's stealth, uh, you get more XP. You can also grab uh, bags and loot and and get more xp that way uh but in this um it's completely different uh you have to complete objectives like kill a certain amount of people with this gun in order to level up the gun or or get xp people aren't super thrilled about that although they are saying the stealth has improved a lot um in the old payday game stealth was kind of a problem because it was really easy to mess it up and once you did that was it like you're just going to go loud and and that's that, which is fun, but you know, it's frustrating because it requires a lot of coordination, um, and a lot of communication and a lot of game knowledge to know how to properly complete a stealth mission, depending on the level. But for the most part, like you really have to be on top, on top of it, and know what you're doing. Um, yeah, I have never completed a stealth mission without like somebody handholding the entire mission and explaining everything. Um, so they dealt with that a little bit. They got, a, they got rid of the the um detection levels uh and you don't really yeah yeah and you don't fail instantly when you're detected and you can stealth with any kit that's the other thing in payday 2 you had to like specifically build your character to stealth and like that was the only thing you you did um and if you if you happen to go loud and somebody messed up you kind of screwed because you didn't have a lot of armor or you didn't have the abilities to deal with um the gunfights so I, I think they kind of balanced it in that way. Um, but there's yeah, that other... That seems better. That seems better because, mm-hmm. you know, half the game is stealth, right? Is that fair to say? So 40%? In, Depends in, on who in you're Payday playing two, with. In Payday 2, uh, so like I, I played a lot of Payday 2. The, yeah, you, you essentially guys, had... I, re- I remember we've been down this road before. Did Bobby and Nick end up playing together? No, I don't think we I don't did. Think we ever you guys did. both have uh, like a hundred hours in this game. I, I have like seventy something hours or eighty something hours. Um, essentially, Payday Two has two game modes: loud and quiet. You either go super decked out, super heavy That's armor. That's what I'm saying. Quiet. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, this new one, like Bobby has been saying the whole time, is like there is a variant, which seems really cool. Um, but my buddy has been playing since the like the early access has started. And he has, he's like, I've been trying to queue up. And he's like, for the past six days, he's like, I've gotten in the eight games, like waiting hours to get into games, dude. Oh my God. That's not the technical. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's fucking shit. Like, and so the, the, the other trying. thing that's going on is people are already mad about three, like, things involving money. So not only is it, um, so in like, the banks. <laughs> we, we can't get it. Why is it in the banks? Why is it not on the streets? So people are mad that there's going to be paid DLC because Payday 2 completely t- changed their, like, money system, right? As far as, like, how you, like, purchase the game and, like, how you progress and things like that. You had to level up guns and then you had to, like, get new guns for them to do more damage. And there was, like, different rarities of guns. Um, and so in Payday 3, apparently there's going to be um, paid DLC and then paid um, exclusives as far as, like, battle passes and things like that. So, like, normally in, like, a Call of Duty, you would have free DLC or you'd have, like, free things that come out and then you would pay for, like, cosmetics or just extra shit. And so, like, everything would be available to everyone unless you just paid for, like, cosmetics or something. But everything's going to be paid for. Well, didn't so Payday like, 2 have uh, guns in their DLC? 
Exactly. And that's another thing. It's like certain guns, you couldn't complete certain missions unless you bought them. And like you couldn't you couldn't do a certain amount of damage to certain units unless you bought them. And so it was like you essentially were paywalled to finish the game or complete achievements if you wanted to do it. God, there's so much Payday 2 DLC. It's, oh my God, this list, I'm showing it on screen. It's just ridiculous. But yeah, th- that gets in kind of weird territory. I mean, I don't know. I, I always felt like the guns in Payday 2, uh, well, I, I can't remember if Payday 2 did this, but I know Killing Floor 2 did this. If one person bought the DL- DLC and was in your game, everybody had access to the guns or weapons. That's a good way of doing it. Yeah, and I thought that I really was all like right. That way. I, I, I like that way, too, this, though. Like, all right, so it's a bank robbing game, right? Like, and if you're going to sell a new bank that nobody's seen before, that's why I, I feel like that's why it, the DLC is parsed out like that. You know, it's like pay per bank that you're going to try to rob. Mm-hmm. I, I kind well, it's of not all banks, it. too. There's, there's a, it's, it's not, not all banks. banks. You, ro- you rob like nightclubs. Okay, you whatever. Yeah. Like scenarios, let's say scenarios. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, then not, I why not release they... the game like Hitman? Then though, like you know how Hitman's been doing their last game where they released new missions and new levels and shit like that for like the, every month for like the past like fucking t- like three years for no extra money. For no extra money, you just yeah. pay it once, and there's but just Hitman's new shit. Also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It's a forty or sixty dollar game, right? Yeah. Yeah, and this is a forty. Yeah, well, Hitman isn't a multiplayer game, though, is it? No, the new ones haven't played them. Yeah, that's single player. So this one, I mean, they've got to keep people interested and keep people playing the game like consistently. So I understand why they feel the need for new content. It's so unfortunate because I feel like, um, and I've read a couple of reviews. um, It sounds like it's all technical. The issues. Uh, some people are enjoying the actual gameplay. There's things that are, I don't know, uh, being appreciated. Well, I but, think they've. Like, it's a perfect game for Game Pass, dude. It, like, mm-hmm. you get four people together, you either like it or don't like it, whatever. But if one of those people likes it, they can start purchasing the DLCs. You know what I mean? I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and it is on Game Pass. Uh, King Tyron in chat mentioned that it's on there, so you can play this with, um, for however much a Game Pass subscription costs you, uh, which is a good sure, move. Uh, I double checked and was looking into like it is cross play as well because I've been trying mm, to find some nice. video games to play with my brother, and he is on Xbox, and so we were originally going to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but that they disabled the cross play for it because of the cheaters on PC. And like, they, I don't know, they're having struggles with that. And so mm-hmm. we weren't able to play it. So payday three is at the top of my list to play this week uh, with my brother and do a cross play. Cause yeah, game passes, I, I think clutch I for it. I think it's perfect for game brother. Pass. Mm-hmm. Have you mentioned them before? I mean, you must have, I don't know. I don't think you have, <laughs> but I have a brother. It's crazy. <laughs> I remember we were talking about a brother. Okay, cool. I'm glad you had a brother. Still do, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just check. Yep, still there. (laughs) All right, so that's payday three. I'll check it out eventually, but I don't know. I'm still, yeah, I know what I'm getting into when uh, when it comes to payday, so I'm okay with some of the things on there. I need to check about once a month, Bobby. Are you Game Pass positive or negative right now? No, I haven't had Game Pass in a long time. Um, Wow. Yeah, so I get Starfield it when I need is, it. The last time I, I got Starfield, 
no, not like that type of game. I don't care about Starfield. The last time I had Game Pass was that Warhammer game. Uh, Dark Tide? Dark Tide, yeah. And they're, I mean, I'm going to say one sentence and that one sentence only. They're rebuilding all of the classes right now. That's it. You mean our game of the year last year, Bobby? Is that what you're re- <laughs> casually referring uh, Slow to year. Yeah, it was a yeah, slow that, year. Dude, this year is this year's fucking <laughs> crazy. I don't know. It's easy We're going to have to have categories, I think. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, yeah, I should we'll keep track of it because I remember saying, I think it was 2021. I, I remember saying this has been a really good year for games. I, and I'm pretty sure that was 2021. Maybe it's every other year is really good. No, this is this is a one in ten year. I, I feel like it's like a decade. You don't get a year like this. It's stupid. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty nuts. But I think yeah. it's an easy choice for me. At Amanda, least. talk to me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my boss has actually been asking me a lot about this game. If I've seen it, heard of it, anything. Uh, and the game I'm talking about is called Fay Farm. It's like Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing where you have this like little farm simulator this little island but it's done with like woodland fairies and it's cute it's a one to four player RPG uh, where you kind of you design your own little island your farm you cultivate like herbs and different things and you craft them into potions and crafts and go on adventures and you look for like the mystery that's in the island and you can have your friends visit or you can go visit them on their islands, which is very much like Animal Crossing. Uh, so this definitely kind of seems to be somewhat of a clone of that, but it is like a really cozy kind of game. And so far it is rated uh, pretty, pretty decently. Um, you know, I think it's kind of a steep price. It's like $40, which to me is pretty high, especially when it's like 80% of very positive views out of uh, almost just shy of 900 people that have played it. But you know, if you really love Stardew Valley and those kind of games, or I feel like if you're looking for another game that's going to be great for like a Steam Deck or this is on Switch as well, this might be a good game like that in a different kind of way. Because, you know, it's fall <sighs> season, spooky season. It looks something like this. But, yeah, I don't know. This is the game that people have been talking about. This is the one that's kind of, like you said, it's like Pokemon and Stardew Valley put together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm hearing good things about it. It looks really cute, and, I mean, the aesthetic is really nice. It's that, it, like I said, it reminds me very much of, like, Animal Crossing with Stardew Valley with, yeah, Pokemon. It's a good it's a good one. Well, I think I may have found the new thing for my child to be entertained with. Yeah, this would be a great kid game, I'm sure. Or, um, you know, my boss and his wife love this as, like, a couple's game. And they play this together. And so that's kind of fun and cute and neat. And so, you know, it uh, it looks like it's great. I feel like if it went on sale or definitely if it was an Xbox Game Pass game, I would certainly get it. I do feel like $40 is pretty steep, but it just it looks pretty fun. It's super customizable, your characters, and there's all these different... I mean, you can unlock further styles and decorations for your farm and your home and... You can kind of play it however you want at your own pace because it has an independent calendar. So you, there's no like, I think, um, was it Harvest Moon where like you had a year and you had to do something and there was consequences if you didn't, um, you know, be in the positive range of making money and surviving in your farm. But like with this, there's nothing. You're free to do what you want at your own pace. Sounds like a nice mix of uh, genres for sure. Mm-hmm. Like perfect, actually. 
What's what's wild is that it's forty dollars on Steam and sixty dollars on Switch. You know, it's wilder. Oh. Hellboy Web of Word, apparently. I, weird. No, I thought it was weird as well. But apparently, like uh, the reviewer that I watched was like, "It's Word," and they played I like about this a long time ago. Three, three different, um, three different people saying it inside of the game. It's Word, apparently. But hmm. whatever. Um, so we saw this at like Gamescom or something really early on. I forgot. And um, anyway, it looked great because it looks like the comic book comes to life. It is, if you don't know what the art of Hellboy is, it looks like you're walking into a darkest dungeon. Heavy strokes, heavy black thick lines, and (laughs) just cool. Cool cool and not refined. I don't know what the opposite refined is, but, you know, kind of like indie, I guess, is the... You wouldn't see this in a Marvel comic. Anyway, this is that game, or that art and comic book come to life, basically. Um, so I'm like, I watched this, I watched the whole thing on Steam. You know what they really need to do they, in Steam? Listen up, Steam, because I'm smarter than you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in bed, in bed, video, like YouTube videos um, that of people that really show you what the nitty-gritty of a, sh- a game is. Because a lot of text and a lot of pictures and the promotional videos are not sufficient a lot of times. I didn't know what it was. Even after reading the whole thing, I was like, I don't know. Luckily, somebody has played 16 minutes of the first uh, uh, bit of the game. And it is a Binding of Isaac-type roguelike, right, where you go room to random room in four different directions you don't know what is going to lead you where uh but it is over the shoulder third person but really close up really close up on the shoulder and when you start fighting you're it it gets even closer like it's right behind the ear or like like two feet behind the ear and it from what i was seeing it reminded me of mike tyson's punch out it's like you know block and dodge when you're supposed to um, they they telegraph their attacks and you you know you're, you're touching them up with like some lefts and rights if you don't know who Hellboy is he's a giant granite right hand it's made out of stone so he uses that to block and he uses that to, at his, as his heavy um, but you, you build up a power attack and you can kill the you know the, the heavy bad guy that's in that room and um it looks fucking fantastic uh, um, it's one of these things where there, there's a lot of this where you buy into a game because of an artistic look or whatever but like you gotta realize that within 30 or 40 minutes your eyes are your eyes and your brain are just gonna normalize on that thing and it's like it's no longer it's no longer blowing you away because you're in the game now. Like, you're used to it. I'm not saying that you shouldn't strive to look original. I'm just saying that, like, gameplay needs to stand on its own. It kind of looks like it does here. Um, I I don't know if it's a great game. I'm not even sure if I'm that interested in it. It looks super cool. Um, 
there, you do have a gun as Hellboy. You have a big giant revolver if you guys see in the movies. Um, but it looks like it's not really a ranged weapon. I mean, you can hit them for a little bit far away, but it's more of like of a, it stuns them because you're fighting these very big monsters. Um, besides that, I listened to the voice acting. I mean, the voice acting and some of the way the game was laid out leads me to believe that it was kind of low budget, but doesn't mean it's a bad game. Uh, we'll see when the reviews start coming out. Uh, I am still interested. We'll see. It's based on the reviews, really. I am I am tentatively interested on this game. It looks cool, right? you got to admit, it looks cool. Yeah, I think it's stylized really, really well. And I love the, the comic book kind of aesthetic with that, but of course. But yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Hellboy character, but I can definitely appreciate. I mean, Hellboy fan, but I can definitely appreciate the character. This feels like it is a real adaptation of the comic. When I look at it, if you were so, a Hellboy character, you'd be one of the biggest Hellboy characters. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I love that Guillermo del Toro movie. That's supposed to be about the dude. war, dude. It's so Guillermo, good. Guillermo del Toro, it, like, yeah. Yeah, he does great, great shit, man. Yeah, he does. All right, we've got next. one more game here. Uh, you are next with Whispers oh. of the West. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Thank you, um, Sanguine, for posting this. Um, this is pretty cool. Bobby, it's not exactly aimed at you, but it's kind of aimed at you. So it's a point-and-click adventure set in the West. Those are two things that I think you like. Um but it's also co-op. I think that's three things right up your wheelhouse. Um, I don't... Have you ever played a co-op point-and-click adventure, Bobby? Have you even heard of one? A co-op point-and-click adventure. Oh. What about when they brought back... Um, was it there one that was two-player? When, when um, the, like, the original guys, point-and-click adventure guys came back. Mm, like a like a LucasArts game? Yeah. I don't think so. I'm trying to think. I, I feel it like... It was just a duality. You were playing two versions of one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it was. It wasn't two-player, though. Yeah, like a straight-up point-and-click adventure game. I don't think I've ever played a co-op version of that. There's a lot of co-op games that are um, like Portal or Ibn Ob or Love in a Dangerous Space Time. They're more puzzle games, co-op 2D puzzle games, but not necessarily point-and-click Dude, and they weren't even fucking around. They didn't do two-player. They said one to four-player. Like, let's just all click around this fucking... Like, how much clicking can you do? Uh, as much as it takes. As much as it takes. <laughs> four, four times the clicking. Because, you know, usually you're looking for... Puzzle... You're looking for keys for locks a lot of times. You're just clicking around the screen and trying to see what the puzzle wants. If you have four people doing that, apparently you can split up and split up means to me that you're watching other people play, which, you know, um, apparently these stories, it's a murder mystery story uh, in the West. Apparently they're about an hour long. Uh, The first game is only $4.30 right now. Like, I mean, if you have a special someone or a special someone's, um, not bad, not bad. Uh, 
long time ago we came up with this thing is like if you have a dollar one dollar per one hour of entertainment is like killer right because if you go to the movies uh that's about you know fourteen dollars fifteen dollars for two hours of entertainment so if you can get like one dollar per hour i think that's pretty fucking sweet and so if this is good and it only has 14 reviews but it's at 94 percent, so that means one person said meh um you know tr- you can try it out for four dollars and thirty cents if you like it then after that you can get every additional crime mystery for about seven bucks which i do great. i love that they started off with the you know the first one could have even been free honestly but whatever um <clears throat> giving out the first one at a discounted rate and then raising the prices. I think that's exactly how you want to do it. Um, they do have this special where you can get 40% off if you buy all of them. And there's like eight or nine. So there's a good amount. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a point and click guy, but you know, there it is, Bobby. You going to buy it or what, bro? <laughs> uh, if I buy it, who's going to play it with me? That's the, That's real, the question. real question. <laughs> yeah, it almost seems like Clue. I, I'm assuming these point-and-click adventures, these like mini one-hour uh, game modes that they have here are one map, and they don't ever change. So you solve it, and you crack the case. There's really no replay value. Yeah, I would imagine. So yeah, I, I'm thinking, but um, still, it does kind of seem like a game of Clue. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, that is it for On the Radar. Let's move into highlights, games that we have been playing. I'll kick it off with Clash Artifacts of Chaos. This is a game by Ace Team. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite developers. I always enjoy their games. Um, hey, yeah. Yeah. It, their big one is um, Rock of Ages. That's what most people know them for. But they have many other games, and they just have a wide variety of genres that they deal in. I really enjoyed the Xeno Clash games. They're early. Uh, I think that might've been their first game, Xeno Clash back in 2009. And this game Clash is set in the Xeno Clash universe. So it's got that same bizarre, surreal world and, and odd characters. Although I do got to say, I, I missed the dialogue from the first Xeno Clash, and I guess the second one too. These characters in those games, it's been so long since I've played them, and I'm hope I'm I hope I remember them correctly. But Dude, these reviews are crazy. It's so well received. Yeah, people are pretty passionate about um, these games. I mean, they're honestly not. I feel like it's almost niche. There's not a lot of people, but the ones that do play these games, that, I don't know. The reason I, I like this Ace Team, these uh, these developers, is because it's just there's always something about their games. Um, what what was the one that you played, Emilio? It is really good. It was uh, the sci-fi like B movie '50s, uh, the Tower of Oh the t- Oh I love that movie. Yeah, the, the... I'll find oh boy. it. Let me look it up while you guys are talking. <laughs> yeah. But they, every one of their games just has something unique and, and interesting about them. Um, and yeah, Xeno Clash, I love the... the Deadly Tower of Monsters. Deadly yeah. Tower of Monsters. There it Thank is. Thank you, man. And that's, that's the one I always recommend uh, to people. Like, I think that's a, a good entry point into this developer. Um, that's, a, um, that's a really good example of a game that mechanically nothing... nothing special and also a little like maybe behind the times when it comes to you're just walking around and like 
you know you have a three hit combo like that's all it is mm-hmm. but the delivery and the 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 way it was presented the presentation was just so fantastic that you were like man i was taken away with that game i i, I beat it in like a week i yeah. can't wait yeah. and i liked what i liked about that game too is you're constantly um going up this tower and you can fall back down. It reminded me of the toe jam in Earl games, like where you would go up to these different levels and then you could fall down in certain areas to get to secret parts of a map you had already been to, or maybe you just got knocked down there because an enemy pushed you off or you made a mistake on a a jumping puzzle or something. I don't know. It's not exactly like fucking just falling. You would just be at that lower level now. You're back at level, I mean, it's not level one, two, three, four, but mm-hmm. you, yeah, you have you to climb your way back up. You physically fell, and you also fell in levels. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah so I, I really like the time. vertical gameplay in there. Um, the Xenoclash games are a little harder for people. So at the time when they were, were released, I, aside from having this really bizarre, surreal world, the mechanics of the game also had this lock-on feature, which was uh, not a lot of games were doing it back then. You would lock onto these characters and, and your camera would lock onto them. Um, and then it became like this brawler combat game. And that's kind of like what Clash Artifacts of Chaos is like. It goes back to the, those roots. Um, but I do miss the uh, the dialogue. I feel like in Xenoclash, they really did such a fantastic job of world building. It was like... Uh, the level design I thought was just really imaginative and the characters are so weird and bizarre. But then on top of that, everybody spoke in this really weird way. Um, I wish I had more examples, but I remember uh, like the big bad guy was called mother father and it was this really weird looking bird, human like character. And, uh, and the character that you were playing like had this strange relationship with it where you kind of like, that was your creator or something or, or your mother and your father, I don't know. And like you were rebelling against them. I, I can't, I got to replay Xeno clash. Um, but it was just so weird. And yet they managed to like pull it off. Like I was totally invested in whatever was going on and like curious about it. Um, this game, the, the dialogue is a lot more, uh, they just speak normally, I guess. Um, so would have liked a little bit more there. But the combat uh, is a lot like Xenoclash, but they've improved on it with a lot of uh, modern day stuff. You know, there's you progress your character in different ways. You unlock um, uh, like new abilities and you level up existing abilities or moves. And uh, it's got like this dice board game that you play when you challenge someone to a duel. It, almost in a weird way, it's like a, uh, also a simplified version of like a Souls game where it's just this open world and you have to go exploring and find these encounters and people to fight. You run into one where you're like, well, I can't beat that guy right now. <laughs> you know, I'll come back later to be continued. Um, but it is a good game. Um, I'm not too far into it yet, but I'm going to continue to play it. The, you know, you know what's interesting, Bobby, is that um, I watch a guy on YouTube all the time. Um, he His whole YouTube channel is that he plays Souls-like games. That's all he plays. Um, and his whole niche is that he plays Souls-like games, uh, even if they only have, like, one person ever bought the game, just to try them and, uh, you know, report on them, even if they're super early in development. And he had an alpha playtest of this game. And I'm like, dude, this game looks so wacky. It looks so interesting. 
and he talked about how like this game you know had the previous games like rock of, rock of ages and stuff i'm like i really hope that one of us plays this when it does come out and i'm like now that you play this i'm like this looks really fucking cool man <laughs> it is one of the most interesting looking games like their games always look funny like, yeah, they always have a look. The graphics in this one are a little more on the animated side. Um, I noticed it started out in 1080p, so I changed the resolution. And when I did that, the hatching in the game, which in artistic terms, that's like drawing lines across something to uh, give it a shape or cross hatching where you draw lines going both ways to create like an, like an X. But the hatching in the game just like ratcheted up to this really weird level that made it look very bizarre. And um, fortunately, there was something in the options to turn that down. So I was able to adjust that and kind of restore the uh, the look that I had liked. But, Too weird, bro. Too weird. <laughs> but still, I don't know, man. I got to go back and play Xenoclash. It's been that game came out in 2009. And I'm just wondering if. You know, I I was really impressed with it at the time. And going back, I'm going to be a little disappointed. Um, but I just remember that game just being so different from anything else I had ever, ever seen. It was like, you know, you're watch. it's like watching Marvel movies all your life. And, th- and then you see like a Fellini film or something or like Hodorowsky. And you're, you're just like, what? <laughs> like, it just kind of opens your brain a little bit. It's like being on drugs. <laughs> so... That said, Bobby, I like I listened to every word you said. Um, maybe it's because I'm drunk, or maybe because um, you're a little cryptic. It, are you enjoying this, and will you continue to play it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to continue to play it. I still got a beat. Oh man, what was the one? The Eternal Cylinder. God, that was just that was their last game, and it was really good. But it was so hard for me to re-enter that game. I, I tried like maybe two times to get back into it, but I just like, I I needed to start back from the beginning because everything they had taught me, I just I, I lost and it, it was just too hard. Some games were like that. This is your that. first Souls-like? No, I played plenty of Souls-like games. Mm. I've I've literally played. played like two Dark Souls, but I mean, not to like a great extent. I've also yeah, played I mean. uh, I mean, Jedi, yeah. the Fallen Order, Fallen, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've played those. And this one, like, I'm when I say Souls-like, I'm I'm talking very light. Like, it's got some elements. It's got the campfires, you know, you find the campfires. and um, But I don't know. I, f- I feel like when people say Souls-like, it also implies a degree of difficulty. Um, and I don't think that exists in this game yet. I don't know. That's, I'm still kind of early in the game. That's why um, probably this and also the Star Wars game are referred to as Souls-like, I would say. But let's mm-hmm. not get caught up on another light like uh another bird argument. walk light. <laughs> um last night, surprise, surprise. Um so I came home from a party, a kid's party, but it doesn't matter, there's plenty of alcohol and I got drunk. And when I got home, I it was late and I was tired, but I was like, I need to play video games for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> So I sat down and I started playing Remnant 2 because, uh, should I just do it the other way around? Uh, I started playing Remnant 2, but I was falling asleep, not because Remnant 2 is shit or anything like that, but because, I don't know, you know, I was drunk and fucking falling asleep because I I never get enough sleep. And so uh, I'm falling asleep at the wheel, all this stuff. And I was like, I'm either going to go to sleep or I'll play Street Fighter at 6. And um, I don't play 
much anymore but i know that it'll keep me awake because there's adrenaline involved like i literally get hyped up when i play so um i just played street fighter for the first time since i probably played nick like it's been a really long time and so i started playing which was what two months ago nick something like yeah. that mm-hmm. yeah and so i start playing and i don't know why the moon's aligned the fucking stars aligned whatever i got like an eight fight win streak and that isn't just who cares you're like you won eight in a row that's cool like awesome but the the way that you rank up is through consecutive wins so the first win you get is worth like 50 points second win you get is 100 points third one you get is 150 and then so on and so on it compounds so it compounds, it compounds yeah. on itself yeah it's growing it's growing as you go so like it seems really daunting to level up at first because you're like i need a thousand points and i'm only getting 40 at a time but if you get go on a win streak especially an eight fight or something like that you, you can get, level you can go through a whole level in like you know yeah about six fights if, yeah. As someone who's played the game and advanced from bronze to platinum, uh, an eight-fight win streak is huge. It is a big one. Yeah, because so. it, it just keeps going on going. And so I'm in gold rank now, which is not fucking crazy. But uh, it's funny because I mean, like a little bit of like what went into it. So I'm fucking – I'm literally falling asleep at the wheel when I was playing Remnant. I switch over Street Fighter Two. I get like two, three wins. Now adrenaline's pumping. And then uh, I put in my notes here, I'm the boss battle now. Because I was like, I need to impose my will. I got to be. So Zangief has two things going for him. He has the most health. Most health. And he uh, argument, ar- uh, arguably does the most damage. So it's like a boss battle. So I'm like, I need to impose myself. And I just like bit more and more and more and more aggressive. And I just kept wor- working. I didn't lose. It's so crazy because uh, generally, what as I get drunk, as Bobby can attest to, I get worse and worse. But um, this was one night where it just kind of worked out, and so I'm now now in gold for the first time where I could never get in gold while I was sober, especially with zero, zero practice in two months. Uh, the other thing that can happen is like when you're playing super late night, you're playing a lot of like uh, foreigners with different kind of uh, you know their ping isn't so hot. Maybe that was it, but who knows? I had a really good time, though. Still playing this, still liking it, and uh, I put some video up here of somebody that's way better with than me with Zangief, and uh, I don't play like that. I play with tricks. Right, Nick? Yeah, you 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 play very differently than most people when they play Zangief. Yeah. You, like, when I play against people and they play Zangief, I, f- I fight a different, very different way. When you play him, I'm like, oh, I have to adjust so many different things. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Trying to be tricky. That's all. Yeah. What's up with CSGO, Nicholas? Um, yeah, so CSGO 2 is supposedly releasing uh, on the 23rd or the 27th. Um, this is only based off of their expectation um, to release on this summer. That's their statement. Uh, September is officially the last... Um, month of summer and they release on ga- they release games on Tuesdays or Thursdays and they said they were supposed to release the game in September. Um, apparently the game is in a releasable state based off of beta testers and things like that. However, they can't really obviously talk about it too much. Um, the game 
already is really pretty as far as what people have said in screenshots and videos. But my one of my friends, he has a little brother. His little brother is like four or five years younger than him. And he's like, for kind of an age age example, I'm 31. His brother's like 27, I think. Um, and he's all about like Apex Legends, uh, you know, still League of Legends and stuff like that. A lot of legends in there. Um, and so he's all about those ADHD games where shit's popping up and down. There's like lights and like, you know, sliding and zip lining and shit like that. And one and uh he's like, Hey Evan, you should you should play this game with me. And Evan plays and he, they play the game and they, they win a couple games. He's like, Hey man, how about this? You play a classic game because a new version of this classic game's coming out and a lot of people are gonna play this. He's like, Millions of people are gonna play this game. How about you play it? And he's like, Sure. Let's play it. And they're like, well, we need a team, so let's call one of the old grumpy ones. And so they, they hit me up, and they're like, Borjan, come play. And I'm like, all right, I'll play. So we, we play, and this is the first time I'm playing this game in like a year and a half, two years. Dude, I haven't had so much fun replaying a game in so long. And it and I think it was wise of me to pick up the game before it's re-releasing as CSGO 2. Um, but there are issues, to say the least, Obviously, CSGO 1 is pretty much on the wayside as, like, cheat detection and things like that. Um, out of, like, the 12 games we've played in the past, like, four days, we ran into, like, three cheaters. Like, blatant cheating. Like no, It's just better than you in every way, dude. That's what it is. So, we... we uh, there's, like, a... There's, like, a... There's, like, a oper- order of operations when it comes to, like, finding out if someone's been cheating, right? You go to their Steam profile, it's private. You look up their Steam profile history, they have a vac man. And things like that, right? Um, they managed to headshot Deagle every single person on your team from like 80 yards away instantly when you turn that the corner. That was me, bro. <laughs> um, what, ends up hap- what ends up happening is uh, the game is still super fun. Um, there are still new people playing this game. Um, because Sean, my friend's little brother is new. We were being matched up with other new people and it was like insane. I'm like, dude, this game has been out for so long. And people were like, yeah, this is my first game. We're like, what the fuck? It, it, it's, it's still amazing to find out. There's still people obviously picking up like League of legends and CSGO and like these games that have been out for so long. Um, but yeah, I look forward for to CSGO two to drop and I'll probably talk about that once it drops. For sure, man. I'm glad we have somebody on the ground floor with the Counter-Strike world because uh, it's a huge thing. But uh, I'm too old to be aiming and shooting. That's oof. I'm down to oh, try dude. it. Too I much. never dude. got into CSGO, and so I'd love to ch- actually really? try this. Yeah. So I would be one so, of those dude, people. You're so young. So one of the, th- one of the things, the right? Age, Nick and I. <laughs> <laughs> He's what? a weirdo. Oh. Well, <laughs> he's gone. Oh wow! wow. So. I killed him with my insult. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, the, where is he? No I, I pressed refresh. He's no video. No, he's back. You don't see him. Um, yeah, I see him now. So sorry about that. I accidentally clicked refresh. Um, one of the things that happens, right, with like these young kids that when they play, they think they can run and shoot, and one of like the hallmark things of of counter-strike is you cannot run and shoot it is like a thing like you have to crouch if you're going to go full auto you have to aim at someone's belly button or knees 
and you have to control the spray. And so, like, my my brother's, I mean, my friend's little brother, like, wanted to throw his mouse out the window. He was like, "Why do I suck? I hate this." And he's like, he was going insane. So, yeah, I look forward to seeing the differences between CS:GO and CS:GO Two. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess they're gonna keep eighty percent of it the same, dude. Like they, really, I think so. You know, there's a certain segment of the population that love that. Like, it might even be harder than real life. I don't know. I, I've never been in a gunfight, but that shit. You know, I don't think that's they train you in Marine school. They're not like start at the feet, pull the trigger, maybe you'll hit them in the head. I don't think that's how that works. Yeah, is that I don't true? Think... <laughs> no. Is that how that works? No, that is not. Okay. No. Uh, as someone who's gone through firearms training, they're like, aim for the center of mass, you know, right. pull the trigger, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. one of the funniest things that happens while we were at the at the range, right? Some guy goes, what if they're wearing body armor? He's like, shoot them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would work. <laughs> That's what, that's what the fucking instructor said. He's like, but do you get a headshot achievement? And they, no, you don't get any achievements. In, <sighs> in, not worth in, it. I mean, you can get an award, but you don't really get any like gamer score. Dang. Days. I saw Chance of Senar, and I wanted to put it on here, and for some reason I didn't. But I know a little bit about of it, about it, and it seems pretty fucking sweet. It's, Talk to me about it. It's really cool. Yeah, so this game, Chance of Sonar, it is. it has a demo out. It's $20. I feel like that is worth it because it's got overwhelmingly positive 98% with over 1,200 people reviewing it. It came out on September 5th. And so what is it, right? It's a puzzle story game where it is molded in such a beautiful artistic style of hand-drawn looking vibrant colors it's really colorful it's really well made uh the angles on it are really cool and what this game is is that you are going through this tower and these different levels you're solving these puzzles and sometimes you're working with another person but they speak in symbols and you don't know their language and there's nothing you have to like literally use context clues and kind of like what they want you to do to figure out what the language is because this game was created um, in an inspiration of the Tower of Babel and that like biblical myth of there being this enormous tower to explain the existence of like diverse and different human languages. And so like according to the belief is that basically that the God disrupted the work of these people working on this tower by making it so that way they could no longer understand each other and confusing the language. And this video game actually does that too, because as I was going through, like some of the symbols and some of the things you learn mean different things when you're on a different level, talking to different kinds of people. And so it changes. And so there's like a adaptive book where you can kind of select what, each symbol means almost like your own personal like I, I don't know it almost reminds me of like it, it doesn't remind me of a pokedex exactly but it, it does in the sense that it's a source of reference <laughs> and so you would as you learn these new symbols they go into your reference book and then you can type what you think it is and at the end of it you put they have this kind of like picture book 
that shows you almost like you're learning the language of like what each thing does. And then you can see whether you were right or wrong on it. And also these things help you solve these puzzles. And so this game is so cool. I can't wait to play even more of it. It's just, it's made really, really well. It's a beautiful world that they designed and the narrative in it is really fantastic. It's, it's like I said, it's well-made. The puzzles aren't super hard at all, but like they're fun and they're engaging and I haven't gotten to it yet, but apparently there's an entire like stealth component to this game where you're kind of avoiding and hiding and outwitting like these guardians that are across forbidden zones that you might have to go through. But so much of this game is based on like this, um, like figuring out the language and what it, what it means and using that to unlock puzzles and the language changes depending on where you are in the tower. But I just think this is such a cool game with one of those kind of, um, like a super indie game that has like a really great meta meaning or like something that it ties in, you know, like the fact that it's a video game that is like an allegory to this myth. Like that is really cool to me. And the fact that they've implemented parts of that myth, like the language changing as you move through. So the symbols not meaning the same thing and you don't necessarily always know that. And so it's creating this confusion on purpose, matching the myth, like that kind of stuff. I love when games do that shit. And so this game it just looks super cool. Such positive reviews. So many people talking about it. But a lot of the people in the reviews, some of it is really funny. Because everything, like you don't have full syntax. It's It really shows you the nuance of language and like how when you're learning it, on one hand, it's very important to try and be correct and pronunciate and like match the region and stuff. But on the other hand, it almost doesn't fucking matter because like you can convey meaning mm-hmm. with anything. And this game proves that. And so I love that because there's yeah, like some of these people put in their reviews like game me like game plural <laughs> me want like and it's so it's just like things like that. I, I mean, there are moments like that in the game where it feels very much like you're just like open door close me like (laughs) so but that's how it would be if you were like learning a new language so it's cool you're learning this fabricated symbol language but in a game that's designed to change it up and confuse you which is cool enough to get by yeah yeah that's pretty rare um now not to be conflicted this this is not a religious game and they're not trying to like push the bible on you no 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 it's not religious at all uh like the, the i think believe the um the myth of Bible was like people, everybody got together and tried to build a tower up to God and he disorganized them by, or he or she, disorganized them by um, giving them all languages and disturb, dispersing them all over the world so they couldn't get together and cooperate. Yeah, great God. They work together. Which... I, don't, I hate cooperation. <laughs> <laughs> go, go fuck yourself. But the, I mean, the cool thing and the other thing that it's like in this game is actually you are cooperating a lot with the other people. But depending yeah. on the people and their language, you're kind of adjusting and learning their language. So the way that they kind of do it in this game is that there is it's like it says that like since the dawn of time, the peoples of the tower no longer speak to each other because their languages are all different. But it is said one day that a traveler is going to be able to break down all the raw all the walls that are in between these people and restore a type of balance by connecting them through language. And so, like I said, I think it's cool. It's inspired by the myth of Babel, but it's by no means like, you know, yeah. following that story truly. And and it, it is its own spinoff and its own thing of it, which is, like I said, really cool. But I do really love that they took a myth and like kind of turned 
it into a gameplay mechanic, which to me is wild. I haven't seen a crazy amount of places or crazy amount of games doing that, you know? And so that I do enjoy that a lot whenever there's a different kind of angle to that. What's a greater puzzle than an unknown language? It's a whole set of rules that you have no idea what they are. Um, I do one more thing, and this is like a personal gripe. It has nothing to do with how good this game is. I, I'm pretty sure this is a fucking great game. Yellow and pink together, just for me, because it's the only two colors in the game, right? And like, 80% no, of it. but it does have this very like paradise. Truthfully, it reminds me a lot of like Grand Theft Auto Vice City feeling of like vibrant and brilliant, and it's a lot of the desert scape kind of colors and that kind of sunrise, like purples, pinks, yellows, oranges, and reds, and. A lot a of that kind of off-putting. stuff. I've watched a video of gameplay and stuff. It's a little off-putting for me. I don't just the color scheme alone. I do want to play it though, but it's just like those are not my colors to. To I don't know. Oh, see, out. I love the colors. I think it's cool. I think it's dope. I'm sure. Yeah, a lot of people do. Hey, guess what? It's time for Remnant Two. Another time. A couple things. Okay, so when I sit down and I'm like, oh, I got. 15 minutes to play what do i want to do usually the answer in my head is i want to shoot stuff when i sit down i'm like i want to shoot stuff that's the answer that i have typical american yeah 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 um and so you know you a lot of times that used to mean like tf2 or that would mean like an immersive uh you know like a like a Dishonored or something like that. I don't know. That used to be all video games were. It was just shooting stuff for the most part. <laughs> it used to be. But now it's like a little a smaller and smaller. Um, and like a TF2 or something like that, I've played so many. I'm not going to gain anything. But this is something where you shoot things and also you're you're progressing. You know, it's like there's not a lot of shooter RPGs. I was thinking about it. There. Like what? What else is this? Is there? What other shooting RPGs are there? Uh, shooting is shooting and melee are so integrated in this game that anytime you right click, it's shoot. Anytime you left click, it's melee. There's not a whole lot that uh, games that that integrate it that much. And then um, I was having such a good time, and I'm wondering if you. You've listened to me talk about this game for eight weeks straight. What are you waiting for? Like, what is there a DLG bump? Like, I haven't heard a lot of people talk back to me about, oh, yeah, I picked it up and it was great. Maybe, maybe even though I picked it up and it was terrible, I refunded it. Like, I need to hear some. Um, but also, Boulder Gate 3. Um, Nick, Amanda, you guys talked about it for like 30 minutes before the show. Um, Nick, you beat it? Yes. So after I think the total that I looked at was 76 hours of playing, doing a lot of quests, and um, yeah, I beat the game. Um, Man, there are a lot of different endings, um, and I'm not saying that because I did them or looked them up. I just know because the game kind of hints to them, uh, and it gives you the opportunities of kind of like trying to attempt to do them even though you have no shot because you haven't been working towards them. Um, and so, yeah. Um, 
I have some people... questions. I have some questions. Go ahead. Um, were you satisfied with the boss battle? Because uh, I, I only feel like, like if you walk in there, super fucking strong. Is he? Is it too not much of a challenge, or you go in there underpowered? You know what I mean. So, I was playing on normal difficulty. The new campaign I'm playing on, um, and all the campaigns I'm playing on right now are on the hardest difficulty. Even playing on normal, the event that happens at the end is still pretty difficult. Um, And the reason I say that is because um, it's chaotic. There's a lot of things going on. Um, If you... mm, See, I don't want to spoil shit because there's a lot of... Like, Chapter 3 and especially the last last boss battle spoils the majority of the game, right? Um... The, the way I can put it, right, if you make a lot of good decisions or you make a lot of decisions where you make allies, or even if you don't make allies where, like, you just kind of do, like, the goodish thing, you're going to have a lot of friends that are going to help you at the end of the game. Mm. Um, but the thing is, even if you don't, even if you're playing the bad guy, you might have some bad guy homies that are going to fucking be there. The, like, it... The game has very, very, very different endings. Um, like, you can be the ender of the world. You can be the savior of the world. You can be like, fucking, I'm out this bitch. Uh, like, you, you can, there's a bunch of different options. And then not only that, but each character of your party, if you're maintaining relationships with them, also have their own endings that pertain to the, to the story. Like, and they also, like, even their endings, and if you do their quests, because you don't have to, right? There's a mage named Gale. Everybody meets Gale. Like you, you can't play the game and not meet Gale. If you don't, if you don't do Gale's quest, you, there's a there's an ending of the game that involves Gale. Like like the complete ending of the game involves Gale. Um, and so there's so many things that you're like, fuck! I just want to play the game again. Fuck! Like, come on, dude. Um, and so. This is clearly the game of the year for me. Like, even if I play Starfield, I guarantee you I'm not going to like it as much as this. I'm going to have fun playing it. Um, but this game is so interesting and, in, like, the, the way that it plays. Um, it's just hard to talk about it without talking spoilers. I wish we could have a spoiler cast about the game. I really, really, really wish we did. So I can talk I about it. Maybe when everybody's beat the game, we'll have a... Yeah, in like 50 yeah. years, because nobody yeah, in this fucking is. podcast ever consistently plays. Uh, the the other person that's playing the fucking game hasn't gotten past Act 1. Nick, and the, um, Act 3 attacked, is yes. fucking 20 hours alone. No, 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 no. But I did want to bring this up. So he's he's poking, he's poking at Amanda because she's in Act 1, but she has three campaigns going on in Act 1. So arguably... Um, she's played as much of the game as you have. I actually just in a have. Different path. No, we have we have similar numbers in the game. Yeah, like yeah, we yeah. do. I have played about the same amount you have, Nick. But I've done it across three different campaigns. And I think I'm just gonna go ahead and guess that you have a little bit more time and character creation. Than Nick. I'm gonna guess. <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. Well, that Car- would you be said character true creation. Anyway, just... Yeah, probably. Well, and also, too, just because there's three different characters as well. So, like, yeah, I spent time in character creation with that. What's nice is that the latest patch um, that came out, like, you can change your appearance at camp, which is going to be great for one of my characters because I've got a campaign going with Lotion and Tag, 
where everybody in our party is super hot and my character is really ugly, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But uh, it's also like, I don't know, we kind of want to change it up and change it around and stuff as well. But yeah, I'm super down once I finally beat the game, Nick, to at least... You know, it would be great to have all, all four of us do, like, a spoiler one. Bobby, you don't have an active campaign going right now, right? It's falling apart? Yeah, or... I wouldn't say it's active right now. All right. I, I mean, I think we're getting to the point where me and you are just going to have to force ourselves. I'm going to have to stay up or get up early, or you're going to have to stay up late, and we're just going to have to play two hours a week. You know what would make it easier is if they had a lone wolf option like they did in Divinity Original Sin 2. Yeah. Well, you, you can technically play the game by yourself, but it's not really possible. Um, like, there's a guy who's playing the game on YouTube as a rogue throughout the whole thing, and he's making one it One guy? Work. One person? One per- Yeah. One, no party members. No Gale, no Asterion. Just turned yeah. everybody down. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're all in his camp because, like, you technically have to do that. But like, uh, yeah, he's playing the whole game by himself. Wow. Yeah, but that, if there's somebody that's going to make that work, I feel like it could be a rogue. If you went stealth with exactly, the game, exactly. then, yeah, exactly, then that's you could do it. It would take forever, it. though. But there, there are mods. Like, there's a mod that has added uh, 52 races to the game to include like Kobold and Tabaxi and all those other things. Like, there's Bobby, what's your bedtime, Bobby? On weekdays. <sighs> On weekdays, like nine o'clock. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. Boy. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. We're gonna have to talk later. This is <laughs> almost impossible. Um, Any yeah, other questions man. for me, please? Because I'm I'm gonna let you know right now. Act oh. three, Act three alone, Act three alone is like Act one and two combined. It is humongous, and there's gotta... you 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 will most likely only have two levels in Act three. Like you will be level eleven and level twelve. That's it. Is Leslie joining you for your second playthrough? No, I mean she's You're she rude, she's playing That's a bunch of other stuff, fuck? but I mean she doesn't want to play. We're also doing schoolwork. The best show, game so. of the year, and you're not going to invite her and try to. All right. <laughs> yeah, I guess. doesn't need to. I feel like this game can scratch a lot of different itches and ways. You know, like you can play it like we were saying solo. Like obviously, it's possible. I'm not saying it's super fun or doable, but you can do it. Um, even in the solo campaign can be a lot of fun or like with certain amount of friends or the same people, like there's just so much, so many ways to play this game that, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I don't know. I'm with Nick. It's game of the year easily for me as well. Guys, don't give it away. We try to get more viewers. I got a good feeling. It's going to clean up at the video game awards too. Yeah. I, I feel like they tend to lean towards console games and Nintendo, but I feel like this has a chance. Well, it's on PlayStation, and it's going to hit Xbox, I believe, next month. So, And it's doing well on PlayStation. One of my other coworkers plays it on PlayStation, and he said that like the way that they handle the wheel and highlighting and like combat, like it's, it's fluid and it works well. So it still, in theory, should be doing well on console as well. I believe JP Diddy was talking about that. No, it was you, Amanda, about the um, how easily it was to jump from one, like PC to playstation and back again right yeah well definitely diablo 4 was like that but um at least like you can use a controller with boulders gate 3 as well and once you get the hang of uh how you navigate around your skills and uh you know hiding and jumping and things like that like it is nice that there's a keybind for everything 
on PC. I wouldn't want to lose it, but it is like a dial way that they de- uh, deal with it on PlayStation, and you kind of have multiple discs that you can rotate between to do what you want. So like a movement one or your spells or cantrips, so things like that. And so I think that navigating how many things that you can do uh, for a PlayStation game, like they they did a well a good job with that as well. It seems. Apparently, you can also use keyboard and mouse as mm. well. So, if you have a keyboard and a USB keyboard and mouse that's compatible with PlayStation, you can do that. Here's my I'm gonna go with my analogy here on uh, Baldur's Gate for me. I feel like you're at a restaurant that's known for its desserts, and you're trying to save room for the dessert. That's what I'm doing. I'm like trying. I'm trying to enjoy my re- my dinner, I'm trying to save enough room for that dessert, but maybe I'm leaving too much room for that. Like I, I just can't, I can't get started because I'm leaving too much room for that dessert. No, you know dude. Um, I don't understand your fucking is... analogy at all. Because I'm by myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, yeah, Baldur's... you're you're making no sense here. No, yeah, I don't agree with that Most analogy. I think Baldur's Gate Three is more like a Las Vegas buffet because you not you don't know how it's gonna end, dude, and you're getting a lot of fucking bang for your buck. That's for damn Love sure. It. Yeah, and you don't know how the night's gonna end. It could go all kinds of ways, just like oh. a Las Vegas buffet. And also, like Christian's plug that usually goes here, go Bobby. Bobby never plugs. Let's go. <laughs> shameless plug, Bobby. Uh, shameless. Um, well, let's just plug the website because that's where you can find everything. You can find all our episodes at dlgaming.net. You can find, um, well, you can find a link to our discord, which is probably the most important thing, but you can also find our merch on the website and you can search for any episode. You can type in the name of any game on our website and find the episode where we talked about it. And we are over. No timestamps, no. You gotta listen to the whole goddamn You gotta listen to the whole thing. But we are over 500 episodes, so there's a lot of them. Uh, People all the time will say, hey, have you checked out this game? And like, yeah, we talked about that like eight years ago. (laughs) Yep. It does happen. All right, so we are on to listener questions. We've got a few here. Um, first one coming from Time Killer B. If you had to rate yourself as a King of the Hill character, what character are you? I'm a Dale. <laughs> I think rate would replace that with cast, right? Cast yourself. Yeah, I think. I think. So. I mean, are, is he talking about like looks? Because <laughs> I'm definitely a fucking Bill. You know. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I hope not. Look or Hank. Yeah, rate implies there's a hierarchy. With, uh, the grandfather who can't bend his knees. Cotton because he sure. lost his shins in the war. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very close to not being able to move certain things. I think it's gonna happen. I'm surprised gout has not consumed your life yet. At this point, all the red meat and the drinking. Yeah, I don't know, dude. My, it's uh, it's the caveman genes. You're just immune to it. Yeah, just immune. That's why he still doesn't this, get hung over. I went to my, uh, went, I had a physical and then that led to some other things. Anyway, I'm at my, like my third appointment. Not that I'm in danger or anything, except for one thing, triglycerides. She was like, it's so high. I can't even give you medicine. Like she's like, that's ridiculous. And she's like, are you okay? We're on the phone. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, 
So anyway, gotta fix that. Triglycerides. I don't even know well, what causes that. Yeah, me so. neither. So boy, that's not good for me. Hmm. No. Hi, Bobby. King of the Hill character. So my my girlfriend's favorite character is Dale. She always <laughs> Dale Grimmel. I do love Dale. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's great. I don't know why. I've always liked Boomhauer, but mm. uh, you know he's just got he's a one note character. He's just got the whole talking gibberish thing, and that's that's it. And sometimes they give you a peek like into his life, like he's kind of this ladies' man, playboy kind of thing. Um, but I don't know if, if I'm being honest, I'm either Bobby Hill or I'm Hank Hill. I'm turning into Hank Hill, really. <laughs> just uh, Hank Hill always reminded me Hill, of my dude. dad a little bit because he's always kind of like, uh, you know, upright and kind of like a little stickler for the rules and, you know, always trying to be a good guy. It, I'm probably a Bobby Hill though. I'm uh, obsessed with TV <laughs> and entertainment. Bobby Hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Definitely guess I... Hill. I kind of view myself, I suppose, out of all of them, if I were to be, maybe Peggy, I guess. I don't know. Peggy uh, likes to have fun. But yeah, she also Peggy is likes like to have fun. She, she's got, she's quite confident, I think, or maybe a little too much on the ego sometimes. And then, you know, she ends in depression. So it's like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> So. Unless you ha- unless you have, gi- I mean, you gotta also have giant feet too, because she wears a men's size fourteen. Oh well, I don't know. I think my no, this is like no, a I don't have giant survey. feet. Not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go in the other direction. Now I'm more like a men's seven, not a men's twelve. <laughs> One thing I never understood about King of the Hill is like, why is it animation? Like, I feel. Like they never, never does one person hit somebody so hard that stars are above their head, or like you, somebody chokes somebody. It's just, it's like a sitcom, but it's animated. I feel like, I feel like a Married with Children cast could have done that show. Maybe it's cheaper. Maybe, is maybe it cheaper? it's cheaper, but it, maybe it's the idea that like you can um, make the show with other characters aging, so you can always kind of make references to things and and stuff like that. Because the show maintains its age, like in the sense of like it maintains like there's uh like the technology advances with the show, but the characters' ages never change. Kind of like Bob's Burgers, like they get iPads and shit like that, but they never actually. Yeah. Change. They never no, the Simpsons age. is probably a better example of that. Yeah, there but, you go. There, yeah. That's exactly Dude, what it is. It always bothers the shit on me. I can't believe that. Like, okay, you year for year you can't age, but like every five years should be one year or something like that because. I yeah, well, I, I think they kind of so many it. more things to talk the about. The problem they get into is with the flashbacks. They'll have a flashback of like Marge and Homer meeting in high school back in the 70s, but now, you know, it's 2023, so they can't really do that, so it creates kind of this weird problem. But yeah, on a sadder note, the uh the voice actor who played Dale recently died, I think about a yeah. month ago. And yeah, he was he was not way. old. He was like mm. in his 60s maybe, maybe 50s. All right. Well, we've got two more questions from Warconius here. The first one is not really a question, but a correction from last week. He says, DLG podcast has a serious problem and it's Canadian. (laughs) Sniper purposely misinterpreted the vote on themes and distorted Nick's statement. Nick said the majority of people go with fantasy and post-apocalyptic than they will with space. And he is 100% correct. Because 48% fantasy plus 21% post-apocalyptic equals 69%. Not only is that an amazing number, but it's also the majority of people down with the tyranny of Sniper. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, and Sniper did respond to this, even though he's not here today. He did respond in Discord saying, yep, I, I did mess that up. But uh, yeah, so when you combine those two, they are more popular than space. It's true. It's true. At least with space DLG space listeners. Makes <laughs> so happy space with space himself space. right now. Yeah. Space, 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 space. <laughs> All right. the last one. Last question from Morconius is, what is the scariest thing that has happened to you in your life, like a near-death experience or a supernatural experience? Ooh, that's a good question. Right. So I've talked about my Wendigo experience a lot of times. It was the scariest point in my life when I thought a supernatural creature was going to kill me. And I had concrete um, fucking evidence that it was going to kill me that night. That that was bad. But um, I've... I've told that story probably three or four times on this podcast. Uh, I'm going to jump to another time where I went from the best time of my life to the worst time of my life in about 20 seconds. Um, I was watching Eddie Murphy delirious for the first time ever. And lit- I peeing my pants, crying, crying, laughing, like so funny at my friend's house and he um was a um kid my age his dad his stepdad was in jail for selling drugs and his mom and all his brothers and sisters were running around the house and we're watching eddie murphy delirious and I never laughed so hard in my whole life. And a man in a wolf mask comes through our window. And he puts a gun to us. And other men in other animal wolf ma- or other animal masks come in through all orifices of the building and get the whole family together and makes us crawl to like a living room and sets us up for like assassination fucking killing like you know hands behind your head like gun to your head kind of like uh interrogation where's the fucking money where is it at you tell us bitch hitting the mom and she never gave, she never said anything she with guns to her kid's head didn't say anything so these people ultimately um, told us uh, take took took off. Didn't hurt anybody. Didn't hit anybody. Left, and she, I'll never forget this. She looked at me and her son and was like, "I wasn't going to tell them where the money was." So like literally, there was money in the house, but jeez, yeah, crazy. Beat that, motherfuckers. (laughs) I have some from Detroit. I don't think they're that severe. (laughs) uh, Times of living in Detroit, I've definitely seen someone get murdered. And uh, yeah, I've had a gun pointed at my face as well. But uh, I'd rather go with the more spooky route, you know, the spooky, scary route instead of the trauma route. Um, for tonight's conversation of this question uh there was one time when i was growing up my aunt lived on a horse farm and their house that they were in uh the basement was there's only one way to get into the basement and it was 
like thick concrete all the way around small basement well probably like 200 feet or 200 square feet maybe in the basement right and everybody was upstairs my aunt was home my uncle was home my cousin was home they were all upstairs watching football and uh i went down to the basement to grab something and it was just me hanging out with them and when i went down to the basement i heard this like get out and then tubbleware got thrown at me and i was like i turned on the lights and there was nothing and i'm like terrified so i ran up the stairs and the door slammed like on like as i left the staircase the door slammed behind me and i was terrified at first i thought that they might have been messing with me but like everybody was sitting at the couch and like then my aunt talked about like the one time where she's had things thrown at her from what she thought was like a poltergeist but i didn't necessarily believe it until i got shit thrown at me too and i ran away but that was to me that was kind of terrifying and i still don't have an explanation for that that was the real life phasmophobia bullshit right there (laughs) you're like that's some real phasmophobia shit i've Mm -hmm. never had some paranormal shit so your shit's more scary i think i don't know man it's not a competition (laughs) no i I really (laughs) yeah you're right but yeah i'd be more scared of like something paranormal you can't punch something paranormal you know True. Call a Ghostbuster yeah. or something. <laughs> but you can't outrun a gun either, dude. So, like, you can outrun a ghost. <laughs> so. so you think. Uh, what about you, Bobby? What, what's your what's your answer? Um, a really scary event. I don't know. I mean, I've had a few of them. None that I really want to talk about. At least not on a on this podcast. <laughs> you have to tune in for maybe another. on your other fucking spooky tales <laughs> podcast. What yeah. are you talking about? Need like? a not suitable for work podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I this is not a scary of, event, but I remember I had a friend when I was young who was trying to convince me that um, his house was haunted, and I was pretty skeptical. And one of the examples he pointed that he used was that um, he was watching TV and then all of a sudden a lettering appeared on the TV that just said good night and the TV shut off. I was like, okay, that's weird. Now, years later, uh, I don't know how many, but like many, many years later, I was messing around. I used to have like this little TV in my room. And I noticed there was this thing called the sleep timer. So I messed around with it and I put it on. And then sure enough, when that sleep timer ran out, popped up on the screen and said, good night. And it turned off. And I was like, oh, mystery solved. It was not a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. I like it. Uh, For me, it wasn't like a gun to my face kind of thing or, uh, you know, ghost it's a very interesting situation involving uh, me and a car full of people. I uh, was driving. I was like 19 years old, 18 years old. I was driving my brother, his best friend, and his uh, and our cousin. And um, we were driving, and we were going. I was like going like 75 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, about like 50 yards in front of me, two cars just beginning to start barrel rolling. Um, and there's like a 10 car pileup and I'm like, well, we're going to die. Like it, they're, cause they're all stopped. They're all horizontal. Every car, like they are literally on top of each other. There are like four cars, like in a pyramid. I'm like this, we're going to die. Like that, like I'm slamming on the brakes 
but some way, somehow, one of the cars begins rolling backwards, and I can see the dude is slumped over on the wheel. And I'm like, oh my god! And if I if I wouldn't have sped up instead of stopped braking and turned into the gap, we would have crashed and died, like a hundred percent. And like that was like the scariest moment of my life. Like I, I like uh, me and my like my brother. My brother wasn't paying attention to what was going on the road, but my brother's best friend and my cousin were, and they were like shocked. Like they were like, my brother's like, "What were you? What are you doing?" Because it happened so quick. It was like within ten seconds. Like the, it's just within ten. Like that all happened. My brother was like looking at his phone or something, and he's like, "What the hell happened?" And like Larry and my cousin Eric were like, "We almost just fucking died." And yeah, it was like we we had to pull over. We stopped at like Jack in the Box and talked about it. It was like nuts. It was like we, yeah, it was insane. It's weird. Sometimes, sometimes accelerating is the move, but it's not common. I would say it's probably like 10 or less percent, but sometimes that's the move to get around what is happening. And so that was a good call. Uh, Nick, do you feel like that you saw the whole thing happening in slow motion, maybe? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I was like, happens sometimes when your brain knows that like this is life or death. A lot of times it'll get slowed down. Uh, turns into turn-based mode. Yeah, yeah like it's it straight up. I like I I remember like seeing details. Like you know when you're driving, you don't see details. Like you, like I remember seeing like oh the truck that was upside down was like a red Toyota Tacoma. Like and like shit like that. Just like stuff that you you don't remember. Because you know you're just driving and you don't know like it's just so yeah, many the guy, things. The guy slumped over. Like a lot of yeah. people would have noticed that. Like uh, most people would have just slammed into the whole wreck. So good job on that. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, it was nuts. I shut up and stop talking, telling lies all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, That's what's funny. what's everybody playing next week? Uh, um. For- well, for me, more Boulder's Gate 3, of course, and Payday 3, and then the um, the chanting of Shema Lama Lama. No, just kidding. It's, yeah, it's the chants chant of, of Sonar. <laughs> that one as well. Chant, chants of Sonar. Like la, 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 sonar. chants. Yes. Yeah. Um, I want to say... Um, the ink bound, I, um, work on it, spotted for me. I still haven't given enough chance. It's still an early access, but still, I mean, I gave it like 20, 30 minutes. I got to get back to that. That was my plan this week, but, uh, you know, sometimes you got to punch people in the face. Nice. I'll, I'll probably be playing CSGO too if it releases, if it actually releases. So we'll see. All right. Uh, Deep Rock Galactic has their Oktoberfest event going on until October 3rd. So I am running out of time on that. I've got to get that done. And then something else. I don't know. We'll see. Bobby, I was super bummed to find out that the Deep Rock Galactic board game wasn't just like readily available. You either got it during the Kickstarter or you don't have it. Yeah. Which I think is why it's open. going for like 150 bucks, I think. Well, I think the Kickstarter you had to buy in at around a hundred bucks just to get it. But yeah, I think it was like a limited run. I don't think they were planning on putting it on shelves. Just uh, yeah, that's a shame though. I'm excited about our risk game. 
All right, cool. That's not the rock delay, but okay. All right. Uh, speaking for uh, Banda, Nick, Bobby, and myself, uh, Sam showing me her titties or real titties, titties. Bye. Everybody.